you know, I was thinking it's been 10 years since I started Mighty Missouri Coffee, and that's a big part of my life. That's a big adventure that I've had, and I hadn't had a moment to think about, like reflect on one year of, of my um, business career until uh, the new year, and, I, and it kind of hit me. I had a few days, COVID days, and I, I found some old journals and kind of relived that, and it's like, holy smokes, that's been a trip. We've been talking about like a podcast and doing something because I've met so many interesting people doing something similar. And, and it, I, I think I just have a lot of respect for people who are, who are doing something. And, and, um, and so I thought this would be a good reason to begin is just like, let's tell this story because like, wow, what happened? It's like been forever, but it really feels like I'm still very much the guy starting so I'm joined with Angela Turner, manager at Mighty Missouri Coffee, and Nolan Johnson, owner of Quantum Digital. And here we are. I guess we're going to talk about the story of Mighty Mo to begin with. Let's do it. Yeah. So I started in 2012. <laughs> and um, it, was, it was out of an idea of just kind of an act of creativity, really, kind of building a brand in the back of my mind. Uh, it was going to be Mighty Missouri Blank Company. I just knew Mighty Missouri. A friend was doing, uh, he was doing like, you know, beer, handcrafted beer or whatever in, 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 uh, at his place. And I thought that would be really cool. You got to call it Mighty Missouri Brewing Company. And uh, he never did, and I was really frustrated with him for that. But I thought, oh, Mighty Missouri, that's cool. So I was doing a little marketing uh, job at the time and, and building something on the on the side. And then I stepped in and thought, coffee's really interesting. I used to have uh, a big, uh, you know, A&W root beer mug full of coffee every morning because I'd swim in the mornings. And it was just out of, it was totally utilitarian. I'd dump creamer in it so it would be cold enough to drink as I drove to the pool. And, but the more you like enjoy coffee, the more you step into it, there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, stepping in and I started job shadowing some people and learned a little bit about coffee. And then I thought this was, this is it. And so I was going to begin by maybe having someone roast for me because I didn't know how to roast coffee, but I wanted to do this brand. I wanted it to be, uh, after 5 PM. Like it was never supposed to be a big thing. It wasn't supposed to be a, a quit your day job and, and begin. But I think I had an entrepreneurial itch. And, um, and so that's kind of where it started. When you were doing the nine to five thing, what was the, the piece that let you know, okay, now it's time to just dive right into this? Um, I think... I, I think that I am a creative sure. and so, and I've known that like more and more, uh, in, in retrospect. Uh, but, but I think it was like an act of like, I must do this to like flex those muscles a little bit. Um, and so I just was like building something and that's what kept me up at night, like out of excitement is like, Oh, it could be this, it could look like that. And, uh, and so when I, when I was interested in coffee to begin with, it was like, that's, that's the thing. And in 2012, there was, there was a, a handful, a small handful of other roasters in the state. And I looked to them. I, I talked to a few of them. And 
learned from them and, and trying to figure out what it was. But it, I, I was still, I was still like far from doing it myself. It was once I figured, okay, I'm not going to have a roaster doing it uh, for me. I'm going to have to be the manufacturer myself, which is a way heavier lift, which I think that's, that's the adventure part of it, a way heavier lift than I ever expected. And, um, but that's when I realized I'm going to either have to do this thing or not. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it's going to have to be a, a full-fledged effort. How long did you sit at your at your job? I know I went, you know, three years probably. Mm-hmm. How long did you sit at your job just, oh, when's the right time? When's the right time? When's the right time? How long did that take <clears throat> from um, the nugget of the idea and the decision, okay, it's going to be coffee? Yeah. How, like from that nugget of idea to I'm now self-employed, how long was that timeline? Well, so the, the people who I originally talked to, it's a company called uh, Absolute Java, and they used to be in Stanton, North Dakota. And they were, I didn't know anything about them. They were roasting coffee. And uh, I, I don't really have any impression of them beyond the fact that they uh, let me in to their little uh, business. They moved to Rapid City, and I, and I just like job shadowed them a little bit. And uh, they kind of, fed me some information about, and I think they were kind of thinking that maybe I could sell for them or or something. I'm not really sure uh, what was on their mind, except that they kind of gave me some numbers that I know now to be unrealistic unless I was just misinterpreting exactly what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. And that was a big piece of it because I was um, kind of entry-level marketing position and the numbers that they were talking about was like, oh, I can live off of that and do something fun, like something creative that would be self-sustaining. So that was really the moment was like, okay, it's possible. And then I also saw the things that they were doing that I wasn't interested in doing and thinking, well, even if I did half of what they did, but did it really, really well, I'd be fine. And then it took a little bit of doing to, under to, to like of, of, of stepping in and, and working on my own and needing to make it work now then I realized maybe those numbers weren't accurate <laughs> <laughs> exactly so I um I'd worked I did uh I was I was really kind of at a quarter life crisis trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and that opportunity was kind of on, on on the outskirts and I was uh still pursuing some classes, some education, and I was working uh, part-time at that point uh, and a couple part-time jobs. And that's when I like was like, this is going to be what I do. And I continued that for a while just to make, you know, to buy groceries or whatever mm-hmm. as I was beginning this. But at that point, I was committed. When did you get, like, your first roaster? Like, what was, was it the the big roaster you have now or... Yeah. Um, so when I began, when I, w- I was talking to my dad about, you know, uh, what I was going to do with my life and he, he gave me some good advice. He said, do something lest you do nothing. And, uh, yeah. And, and faith is a big part of this journey as well. And it's like, listen to what God is telling you to do. And, and I wasn't specifically getting like, no one's knocking on my window saying, Hey, Brian, do, do this. Or that, but but there was just a lot of peace that came with like coffee and that 
that was just felt like me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I talked to my dad about that, uh, he was like, Oh, that's interesting. I'd like to learn too. So we both took a roasting cool. class together and that was in Boston at international coffee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, when we were looking at the business of it, uh, he helped me get started on the same roaster that we were learning on, which was that ProBot. And so that's the one that we have. And uh, that's the one, well, one of them that we have now. Yeah, so that was the, that was the first one. And when, when, when it came, so I learned how to roast coffee. I learned all of, and, and I went to a few other places as well and like got, got a good feeling for how I'm gonna develop these roasts and come back. Uh, the machine comes in a hundred pieces on a big elephant crate, no manual. It's a German company manufactured in the U S mm-hmm. or manufactured in Germany and distributed in the U S and, uh, just, just no idea how to put this together. Yeah. And there's a heating and air company in town that was like, yeah, we can put it together. What is it? <laughs> and I sent him some pictures of what it's supposed to look like in the end. And it was, uh, it was an absolute nightmare. I mean, it was, it's bigger than me. It's, uh, like, when, when I took, took a class about roasting coffee, uh, we, we learned the front end inside. It's kind of romantic. It's kind of fun and artsy mm-hmm. and uh, got a really good feel for it. But no one was talking about what was going on behind the scenes, like the chimney, for example, and the fact that when we got it to Bismarck and do one roast, it's pluming black smoke, like towering black smoke. Like, okay, we can't do that. Or um, it's going out. The chimney was off the side of the building. And there's an office building right next. And the, it's like their windows are open, which would be this space. Their windows are open and arch, we're just funneling smoke into their, like, it was a nightmare. So trying to develop all of that and figure everything out, I, I didn't know anything about HVAC. I'm not an engineer. I, have, uh, I don't have a mechanically inclined mind. And um, so trying to figure out how to do that without having a chimney. So uh, there's, there's a thing called an afterburner. It incinerates everything and uh, there would be no aroma, no smoke. And that's what you're supposed to do if you're in a city like Bismarck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking into that, because I didn't know, well, that's a, as big of an investment as the roaster is. So it's like, well, that we can't do that. So there's another option. Uh, it's called an electrostatic precipitator and it takes out like 98% of the of the precipitate in the in the exhaust. So we, we tried that and we hooked it up. It's like a, it looks like a big washing machine, like a dryer um, up coming from the ceiling. And it has these electrically charged filters that would like, I don't know, take <laughs> the, the particulate out. <laughs> and so we, we put the, uh, we turned on the machine and we we're doing some roasts and, and then uh, it would work until like a moment when it would like shut off. And uh, then smoke would funnel rather than outside, like into the building, so into where I was roasting. So it would be black smoke. Like I couldn't see me to you all of a sudden because there's a temperature, sh- emergency temperature shut off on this electrostatic precipitator that I, you know, had to finally get. And something like 350 degrees and it kicks off, but we're putting 400 degree air into there. And so we'd punch a hole in the, in the wall outside and draw a fan in to mix cold air with the hot air before it goes into the electrostatic precipitator. And that worked for a little while until we'd go, do like 10 roasts in a day and it would like click off. Yeah. 
And so there was a time, this is like, I didn't have any employees, obviously. It was like very, very, very grassroots beginning where it's just me and this big piece of machinery. And there was this moment where I was doing that. I couldn't, like, it's smoky. (laughs) I grab the ladder and I jump up there because there's organic material and it's just hot and it's funneling smoke like into my face as I'm like trying. And so I grabbed like green bean bags, the big burlap bags and pulling out these filters, using them as hot pads to pull out these hot, super hot filters before there's a fire on the ceiling. And I just like had like an imminent fire, can't see anything. And I, once I got everything like cooled down and I got it sorted out, I just went to the cafe Marlins over there just all alone. And I ordered a coffee <laughs> and I was like shaking. <laughs> I was like drinking coffee. Just like, I don't like, I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> just one of those things. I There's a hundred of us. I feel like the, that story, cause we talk about it a lot being in coffee and I've been in coffee for over 10 years is, and I'm sure Nolan, you can relate starting a business too, is that there's a romance like always see there's a certain romance especially in the coffee world when you want to start a business because you just want to wake up and make coffee for the day and I feel like you took all the romance that you might think in a startup and that's actually how a lot of it goes there's a lot of work yeah how often would you say so you had surprises right Mm -hmm. whether it's the afterburner or now you need this piece now you need in order to roast in a space like this now you need to add on this how many one of those things per month of the first five years of being in a business how many surprises how often would you get a surprise um so right angela you're exactly right like i didn't know what i didn't know and i didn't know a lot um and and so I think immediately there was there were, everything was just like I'm in over my head. So first of all, I'm hungry. Like I need to make this work now. But I'm also like in the back of my mind, oh crap! I bit off way more than I can chew because uh, we've got this space and we've got this roaster. And at, at the time, like we're still in the same spot, but it just was a huge room with a small roaster, and it just felt like okay, he, it's a small business and he, he bit off a little more than he could chew by, by like, um, you need to make this work now. Um, and so I, I think everything was a surprise. And, and part of it too was like, I hadn't been awarded grit yet and that was soon to come. But um, so everything was, was a little bit more magnified anyway. Um, I think when you do any new thing, like what's big and scary becomes normal. And so that was very true, but it's like just facing those little fears and facing like I'm have to do sales and I have, to, I, I kind of thought that I'd come into this business knowing like, oh, I know how to do marketing. I have a good handle. Like I knew this much about all of that and manufacturing something, uh, working with the FDA and the local health department and all, all of these things that, um, like ask more questions about how do you do this? And like, oh, you need to be certified with this, this, and this. Like, oh, brother. So always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking this, there's no way that this is going to work. I'm going to be the 60-year-old guy who did tried coffee one time and is still giving away coffee, free coffee to his friends from mm-hmm. that mighty Missouri 
experience. And that like that's why I can't believe that ten years have have, have come like that's that's insane to me. But um, what's really wild is that the way that it began um, when I began a when I started like a, a business plan, the first business plan I have is laughable. Like it's embarrassing and it's a piece of garbage. Uh, but I thought I needed one. And a business plan is supposed to be a guidance for the future, which I haven't looked at that business plan forever because I was a moron. <laughs> 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 but uh, I, w- what it was interesting, like I, I, I knew that I could sell to some coffee shops, but... Uh, and, and maybe make their espresso, things like that. But what I was really interested in was the branding of Mighty Missouri Coffee. Like I wanted people to seek out Mighty Missouri, a brand of coffee mm-hmm. that they wanted to drink. Well, if it's under someone else's private label, they don't know that it's Mighty Missouri. And so I needed somewhere to go and get coffee. And I was kind of following other roasters from uh, across, like, I don't know, other roasters that I admired. And they, were, they would sell at Whole Foods. You know, mm-hmm. you could get them at Whole Foods. We didn't have a Whole Foods. We had Dan Supermarkets, which are were locally owned. And I think they had six or seven locations, like in Dickinson and um, and, and in, in Bismarck, Mandan. And so I had talked to them, like, while I'm doing all this, like, uh, the training for the, for the coffee. And at the time, it's like, this is what I'm going to do. And you think that's really impressive. And you learn pretty quickly that no one is interested in, in what you're going to do. It's what you're doing. So I, I talked on the phone with the buyer from Dan's. And uh, he had said, yeah, it sounds like something we'd be interested in. You know, enough, enough of like a conf- to give me confidence that like, yeah, we put a check mark there. Uh, we could put our coffee on the shelves there. And there is a lot of coffee on the shelves in grocery stores. Yes. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's like absolutely crazy. But... Uh, go through this nightmare of starting everything up. All the of the startup didn't realize I had to fly someone in from Probot, uh, the company that makes the the machine, here to do the initial setup. Like, oh brother, uh, all of that nightmare. And I finally get like a bag with that's printed Mighty Missouri Coffee, and it and it's the the roast that I'm proud of. And so, talking to the other people, the the people again that I had talked to for sales. Mm-hmm. with quotes <laughs> and and uh uh hey here's the coffee that that you know are you interested whatever so i called the guy back the the buyer from dan's and uh he's like you know coffee is uh uh it's really hard to get on the shelves there's there's a lot of of, of competition there whatever he said and uh we're just not interested right now and i was like that was the the thing that i really wanted was to to, to get started mm-hmm. not that it was like gonna make me a, a living but that people could go there and get mighty Missouri coffee. And so I was like, oh man, that the, you feel like you have done this big momentous achievement by stepping off the precipice and diving in. And then it's like, that was a mistake and you landed on your neck. Um, is kind of the feeling like a gut punch. So I was like, oh, well, could I just drop the coffee off at your office? And he said, you know what? We're gonna pass on a meeting altogether. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's too bad, um, which I understand. Yeah. Like, I'm just a kid. And uh, I was, at the time, I, I, I was uh, helping a friend. Um, I was volunteering for a, a concert, uh, Matthew West. 
Christian Grammy Award winning uh, musician. And he was at Shiloh Christian School here, sold out crowd, and I was just helping. Uh, it was for North Dakota Teen Challenge and donating my time. And so I would be a runner for their tour manager and whatever they needed. And I was standing there and Matthew West came in and I was wearing my new Mighty Missouri shirt. And it was, uh, uh, it said Mighty Missouri Coffee on it. Not this one, but something similar. And he's like, hey, Matthew West comes in and he's like, hey, what's this? Uh, uh, is it local? And I'm like, actually, it's mine. And it's just starting like literally this week. And he's like, great. Is it your passion? Like, is it your dream? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And he's like, well, you've got a really cool shirt. I want one. So <laughs> I called Dakota Screen Arts, where, who is, the, this was my sample shirt. This wasn't yeah, the one sure. that I had like purchased. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I called Dakota Screen Arts and asked, and they, they said, we do have, we have some more or whatever. And I guessed his size. I raced down there and raced back. And I, I talked to the tour manager and I said, I think Matthew West wants this. And, uh, that night then, watching with my friends, uh, he's wearing a, a, a leather jacket. You can see Mighty Missouri Coffee underneath. Like, how sweet of him to have done that and worn it. So I was, like, freaking out with my friends and uh, took pictures and stuff. And uh, then he took his jacket off, and he's like, Mighty Missouri Coffee, my friend is opening. This is my favorite yes. coffee, and it's opening in Bismarck. Like... He talked about Mighty Missouri for probably two full minutes on stage where it felt like it felt like Mighty Missouri had sponsored that concert. Sure. It was insane. And then I had had a website. And so after that event, people would were going to my website because it was insane publicity. And this is week one, maybe day two, three. Mm -hmm. And and people are emailing like, where can we get it? And so I responded to every single email that came in and I said, ask Dan's because I knew at grocery oh, stores, yes. if you ask for something they yeah. tend to get it, especially the local places and they're good at good about it. Yeah. And I don't know how many more days later, it might've been a week, might've been a few days, but the same guy emailed me. I think it was like, almost like it, like he hadn't heard from me before. He's like, I hear you're doing coffee. Oh We'd love to get some or something. And, um, like, yeah, yeah you remember? <laughs> and, uh, so I was just like, I was trying to get like one skew in at that point. And every single dance took like a row and everyone was excited about it. So I started that way. And, um, it was a, it was a billboard because every Friday I would go like, so I didn't even know. I mean, I'm embarrassed about all this stuff, but um, I'd go in my little Ford Escape and I'd be sitting behind huge tractor trailers of like, like you know, bread and Pepsi or whatever. And I'd just be sitting in line with my little box like this, like patiently <laughs> waiting an hour at each spot uh, to place my six bags of coffee, whatever. And I would go there and first I would, first I said, all right, well, when you need coffee, just send an order. And they're like, that's not how grocery stores work. <laughs> and so I would go to all the, the dans in the morning, see what they needed. And then I'd f- create an invoice, go back, fulfill it, drive back. I mean, talking like out of gas and out of time. Like This is, this is kind of uh, not a money-making kind of uh, pursuit, but it was quite a billboard. And it was something at least that I could say, hey, Mighty Missouri is launched. You can get it here. You can get, you know, 
And then I started to actually make some accounts that made money. But like when I, when I began, I was doing other jobs and this was like that thing that was like really shaky that I, I, I need yeah. to start. But motivation was really hard because it's like big and scary. And uh, that, that was, that was, I think was the, the most lonely piece right. of it. It was, it was really lonely. Cause like, how do you, I mean, for anybody who's even doing a startup, like how do you push, like what made you push through that? To like and maybe Dan's was like that thing that helped you get over it or like was there anything that really drove you? Um, well, everything was like I I I, I said that I was kind of I was really hungry. Yeah. And and that was like out of a necessity to make this work. Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna have to push down every barrier barrier that I can to to make this thing happen. And even like when you're half a year in and and it's not really going like you know, the guys from Rapid City told me that it would, um, like, I'm going to have to figure it out anyway, because we're not making money the way it is, but I I, I have to start. And so I I think that's where I I got some grit. Um, you know, reviews online, like I, if I got a bad one, it wouldn't ruin my day. Like it does now. It doesn't ruin my day now. Right. It's like but a few it, minutes now. It bugs but me. Then is <laughs> but then it would ruin my week. I would pour on it. I, it's my baby. Like this is all everything that I'm investing my time in. And you'd hear more. Maybe I didn't. Maybe maybe I heard more about the. I, maybe I heard more good than bad. But yeah. the thing that I was listening to was, hey Brian, you really have a sucky product. <laughs> and I would ruminate on that. Yeah. And then I would go on a weekend or something and fish alone and just mm-hmm. I suck, I suck, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. But you came back. Came back. Yeah. Um it, it, I I think it was really hard yeah. to begin with. And and yeah. especially because I was the only one who understood what I was feeling, I think, at the time. And I didn't have a lot of buddies who were entrepreneurs. In fact, my buddies were doing the normal thing and getting regular jobs and getting really accustomed Mm -hmm. to the um, corporate life. And my life didn't look like that. And it's like, what are you you trying to do there? And, you know, uh, I think there was a, a misunderstanding there of, it's just we're different. We're doing two different things. Right. And plus, it's a really no hard one, time. No one's going to care more than you care about that. Oh, and that bothered me immensely. <laughs> <laughs> I needed everyone to care about Mighty Missouri. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what like you and Nolan, I, that, I don't know if you had a similar experience with Quantum Digital. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody could care because nobody knew. <laughs> yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Like where, when I came from news... And I was like, well, I'm going to go start working for for businesses and making commercials and doing online content and all that stuff. And there were two or three of us in town who did it, And but yeah. it was still always, oh, I can just do that at the news station, right? And so it, mm-hmm. it just wasn't even a a thing that people understood, let alone cared about. Sure. So it was, it, it takes a long time of like getting people to understand even your parents mm-hmm. hey he's he's out there playing business you know yeah. he's out there oh man I, d- I didn't really 
think, oh, how long you been doing that? Oh, five years now. <laughs> you have? <laughs> you know, like, it, oh, oh, my God, it worked. Good for you, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I needed, uh, like, people don't understand. Yeah. I needed that at the six-month mark when I was just got done with a fire staring at a cup of coffee at Marlin's. You know, yeah. like, when you're sitting there out fishing and ruminating over one, you know, somebody who wasn't happy with a customer experience they or whatever like flavor of it and yes. and you know somebody the people who are proud of you and it's impossible to know and it's impossible to tell people because you're already asking for so much from people right like you're yeah. al- already asking for support in one way or another it's really hard to also ask for hey guys this is how you can care about what i'm doing and ask them for even more while you're consumed in this yeah. you know these steps that you're having to go through to get your roaster running or your just business word of mouth going mm-hmm. out and but so the people who need to be like a Matthew West right it, it's like yeah. how yeah. how important was he to you right how do how do when your friend is starting Mighty Missouri Coffee how yeah. do you be a Matthew West for them when they don't ask for it. That's a really good point you know? because I mean, l- looking back, like at that moment, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was exactly everything that I needed. It filled the tank. It got me excited. It's like you're um, a fan. Yeah, and and that's the same exact thing for like restaurants specifically. Mm-hmm. A good review, a like word of mouth, something like that. Yeah. Like that that means the world to a small business owner mm-hmm. because uh, maybe I'm hypersensitive to it. I am a, lo- a bit. Angela knows, <laughs> uh, but but like the you have to be careful with the voices you let mm-hmm. in your head because the loudest ones tend to be the negative ones, and it's not true, right? But right. Uh, there's a lot of people who love it, but that's mm-hmm. not always what, what you hear. But at some point you have, there's gotta be a lot of self encouragement, uh, when you get in those positions, because like you said, who's, who's in your corner and all that. And all we need is people just to be like, Hey, just be interested and encouraged, but you don't always have that. And it's like, it's a lot <laughs> to get started and to just encourage yourself. Yeah. To get and it's to me, going. to me, that's yeah. learned. Yeah. And, and also like being a, being a, a self promoter mm-hmm. makes me like it rubs. I hate that. I, uh, and I feel like that a lot. Nolan yeah. and I do video stuff together and, and promoting mighty Missouri. And it's like, it feels self important doing a podcast about <laughs> something, about something I did feels self important, but, but it's like, actually, okay. People might not care, but, but yeah. there is, I know that there's something there that like there, there's nuggets there that, that I learned. And honestly, like if I was, if I was starting again, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would be like, it'd be helpful to hear yeah. <laughs> some of that, some of that like crazy. And, yeah. uh, and it is, it is absolutely crazy. Yeah. This stuff. And I think the motivation, like it can come from a Matthew West type person mm-hmm. or somebody in Dan's who yeah. kind of speaks before they can mm-hmm. and says like, yeah, we, that's something we'd be interested in. And you count, you need to remember when, when you're young in business, like, 
don't count that as a win yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you're gonna get you because you're gonna get demolished like down the line. Hey, it's, you sounded positive. Let's yeah. put all of these eggs <laughs> yeah. in that <laughs> basket. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. And then drop the basket. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> understanding like, oh, okay, I, I love where I'm getting my support from, mm-hmm. but also understanding the, the, the downward spots mm-hmm. of the roller coaster, is when somebody's really getting your hopes up, but there is no, yeah. there's no confirmation, there's no contract, there's no anything. Right. And counting your chickens before they hatch, is, I think one of the biggest things that I fell into and still fall into um because yeah. anything can anything can come up and then it's like oh budget's got cut sorry july 1st you know nothing <laughs> yeah <job>. nothing. <laughs> it's a no-go now yeah hey, so, hey i know we were buying 30 pounds a week we're gonna mm-hmm. go down to 12 yeah yep. you know and not knowing when those curveballs are coming mm-hmm. has to be especially in consumer packaged goods yeah. Right? How that's ever fluctuating. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the advantage that I found was working with, there's other people who were dreaming about their own thing. And those people, their dream was to open coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And so I, I needed to come alongside them without having worked. Like when I, when I started this whole thing, I, I got a job as a barista and like learning everything that I can about coffee, but but also not coming from that background. Like yeah. I'm not, for me to sell my coffee, and I mean, it was really a, an uphill battle because I had to mm-hmm. learn everything. Uh, so I had a part-time, very part-time employee who'd come a couple hours on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Foodie, like new coffee, and I learned a lot. Um, and we develop espresso together and stuff by going to a coffee shop after hours and using their espresso machine. But then I had the problem of like, where can people get it? Like people, we, Hey, we developed this Borealis espresso. We're really proud of it. And people would message online. Where can we try it? And like, Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. 